Nice man. Yes, Billy. Guess where I am right now? Where are you? At the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, once again to the 59th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, coming to you on the 26th of April 2017, coming towards the end of our, well, one of three double game weeks towards the end of the season. The Spurs game is literally just finishing as we kick off uh, the next instalment of the podcast. First of all, welcoming back, it is the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back yourself. Welcome back. How, How have you been doing this week, sir? Um, terrible. It's not good. In, in life or just your team? Oh, no, no, the FPL. Uh, I, I thought uh, when you ask that question, I always refer it to FPL. In life, it's going pretty well, but um, yeah, FPL, terrible. But both both rare weeks for you. Bad on FPL, good in life. Uh, a swap for a change. That's <laughs> yeah. lovely. And uh, we're really lucky once again. He's been on the podcast before. We had some really good feedback about him. Always comes up with some great suggestions. Welcome back, Peter Blake. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Really, really glad to have you back on. Fantastic last time you uh, you came on the pod for us. How have you been faring uh, since the last time you, you sort of came and spoke to us or for us? Uh, up until this week, um, pretty good, actually. Um, I think last time around I was um, just coming out of a bit of a slump where I'd uh, fallen beneath 100k. But since then, it, it seems to be going all right. I've, um, I think at the start of this game week, going into this game week, I was uh, 17k. So I'd uh, made a fair bit of progress, but of course, you know, this uh, this damned game week, which seems to have cursed everybody, is um, plumbing me back down the rankings again. But I'm probably looking at about 25k, I reckon, by the time it all shakes out. I'm I'm happy with that. My my target for the season is um, 34k because that's what I got last year. So if I can beat that, I'm showing progress. So yeah, m- moderate goals. Before you came on last time, weren't you about uh, two thousand, two hundred thousand? And since that podcast, you've actually done much better. So yes, that should be uh, a thing. Coming on here does help. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite as low as two hundred thousand, but I think last time I came on, I did say uh, I was going to. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd take a punt and captain Lukaku, and he went and scored four goals against Bournemouth. Mm. So uh, maybe I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't been on the podcast. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say there's, there's a certain element of um, good fortune in being on here. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> you can Ice send me money is- in the post now. <laughs> Iceman, is there a curse being mooted in the community? Yes, we had FPL Horts literally just messaged us saying, noticing a trend here is appearing on the FF Surgery podcast and FPL curse. And just to put you straight there, Horts, no, we've got evidence right here in Peter Blake. <laughs> Clear evidence, and I can say to you, Ian, truly, I've been on this podcast since day one, and I've never finished last in FPL in any <laughs> season. So that's uh, that should be evidence enough, chaps. Let's uh, let's have a quick skim over our, our teams for this game week. Um, it has been a little bit of a of a nightmare trying to. I guess it's it's a bit of an awkward one. Two weeks before two bigger double game weeks, trying to you know fit players in, thinking about whether to wild card or not. Iceman, just want to give a very brief overview of how you've got on. Uh, yeah, as I said, not great at the moment. I did bring in Blind, De Gea and Negredo, Captain Negredo, who's obviously blanked again, just scoring me eight points. But Blind got me a nice eight points, De Gea six. I uh, had Valencia as well, so I tripled up on Man United defence. So I'm hoping in tomorrow's game against City that they all keep a clean sheet and they all play. But you know Aguero's just going to come in and score and uh, just score like six points, getting no bonus. And then all three will score two points each, which will be terrible. 
terrible. Very, very positive thinking there, I <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not down that far at the moment. No. I'm only at uh, 46. I was on 40k, but I've only gone down 40 to 46. So it's not, it's not terrible. No, not, not at all. Be interesting to see how you're going to resolve it with the uh, the next upcoming double game weeks in mind. Peter, what about you? How have you been getting on? Uh, the, yeah, this week specifically, pr- pretty bad actually i had um five double game week players no um, to be fair no, no one's done anything i think um i've got valencia to come tomorrow night and i'm, I'm hoping he doesn't play because i've got ben davis's nine points coming off the bench but inevitably valencia will come on for the last 10 minutes and get me one point yeah I, i've had up, up to this point i've had 15 potential games out of my squad and they've contributed so far uh, two assists uh, and a clean sheet and Hennessy got me a save point as well, I think. So it's um, yeah, it's been pretty rotten to be fair. I, I captained the Grado uh, thanks to uh, listening to his podcast last week. Listen to Alex; uh, he made a very compelling argument, and I thought, yep, I'm sold on that. So, so thanks, Alex, if you listen. <laughs> and uh, uh, I bought in Lukaku as well. That that one hasn't worked out, but I, I still think that's a decent move for, you know, for the rest of the season. I, I, I think to be fair, you know, it's obviously been a bad game week. It's been a bad game week for a lot of people. But um, looking at my squad and you know, probably. Yeah, what I'm thinking about doing with it, I'm I'm not unhappy with it. It still seems still seems like it's a decent, uh, it's got a decent chance for the next um, next few game weeks to the end of the season. So yeah, ho- hopefully this is just a blip. Do you still have your wild card? No, I played wild card in uh, game week thirty, I think. Yeah, I, I had quite a, a few weaknesses in my team at that point, so I thought I'd, I'd rather play it then and try and prepare for the game weeks. You know, game weeks come in and then maybe take hits if I needed to, and then try and you know boost my rank immediately uh, i went from 39k to 17k after wildcarding in, in game week 30 over the next few weeks after that so i'd say it worked yeah. uh, and I, get, I guess i was always expecting a bit of a backslide after that as well because you know inevitably things happen like you know valencia getting rotated and fabio getting injured and things like that stuff you when you play wildcard you can't really foresee no. but, but there's no no reason why you suspect that would happen so i, I always thought people at this point would be in a, you know, people who kept their wildcard at this point in the season would be in a stronger position than i would and i'd maybe try and just play you know, play some hits and you know plow my way through it yeah. um so i went up to 17k but i was kind of maybe expecting to slip back a little bit after that but i, I still think it was the right thing to do so you want to get points on the board early and then kind of kind of muddle through the rest of the season yeah bird in the hand is worth two in the bush i suppose uh, that's that kind of my thinking <laughs> i like it and that's another great metaphor we're having a few of these on the uh, on the pod in the last few weeks um, <laughs> i've actually had a pretty decent game week i'm on i'm sitting on 78 points before the bonus come in tonight I only took a minus four hit I also had five double game weekers and after the first match where Darum went off uh, after a few minutes, he's notched up not only playing tonight, but he scored as well. And he's probably going to get some kind of bonus. I'm delighted with that. I kept the faith in Josh King, who got me eight. Hazard just keeps on doing it. He got me a nine. I've still got Bailly and Aguero to play in the Manchester derby tomorrow. And um, quite a, a big differential for me. I captained Christian Benteke. So that's um, he's pulled me in 28 points. Didn't do anything tonight against Spurs, but didn't really expecting him to, if I'm, if I'm being too honest. So really happy with that haul. So 78 so far. Hope to push on towards 90 uh, by the end of the double game week after the Manchester derby. Yeah, you've hit 13,000 now, mate, so you're doing really well. Uh, you're making the podcast look good, whereas I, I am not. <laughs> I'm interested to see where, where I'm going to be after tonight, because I think Darun, not that many people are going to have him. And, of course, the only people that have scored tonight were... Um, who was it scored in the Spurs game? Kane set up, and who was it? Uh, Ericsson scored. Ericsson scored, okay. And then um, there was that absolute thunderbolt which went off uh, hoof from Monreal for Arsenal. So... 
I'd be interested to see how the, the Darun goal makes a bit of a difference. But we're not going to go through the Fantasy Football Surgery Mini League at this point in time, just because it's still updated and we want to see, I guess, the outcome of the, the full game week. So we'll come back to that. Yeah. I, got, I did get a nice little stat from uh, FPL Stato provided me uh, on Twitter at uh, FPL Stato. The captain picks for this week, he was looking at the FPL Hall of Fame Top 50. They're the uh, managers which have been around for donkey's years and have always performed on a consistent basis. And it looks like a lot of them out of the top 50. Captain Christian Benteke, of 15 of them captained Christian Benteke, and Negredo was was 23. So it looks like a lot of them kind of went that route. But if you look at the our top 50 of our league... Uh, most of the top 50 went Negredo, so it just shows uh, there is a kind of consistent of the veterans that are playing, where they, they kind of go for the informed player rather than the fixtures. Interesting. Well, I captain Benteke, and I can tell you I've been playing FPL since you could put Muzzy Izzet in your midfield for Leicester. You are a veteran. <laughs> I wouldn't say a legend, though. <laughs> very much a try-hard. So, Iceman, before we get into talking about the fixtures, I just wonder if it's worth us listing the uh, double game week teams for the week after next, so game weeks 36 and 37, because if you don't have your wild card, or if you do, you've got to be thinking about these game weeks now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's, it's all thinking double game weeks now. It's unfortunate, yeah. but it, it kind of does sway nearly every decision, like it did this week with bringing in the amount of players we did for the double game week. Sometimes it's not worth doing, but this game week 36 and game week 37, I think it is worth bringing in those players because either way, you're hoping to get at least two points from each of those players because Southampton and Arsenal are both double game week for game week 36 and in game week 37, there are many teams. um, Got me to go through them quickly. I've got them in front of me here. Oh yeah, if you've got the list, yeah, go for them. Yeah. So Arsenal, um, in that first game, you've got Arsenal and Sutton, as the Icemans have said, um, South, Sutton being Southampton. The next game, week, double game, you've got Arsenal and Southampton again. So clearly there's going to be a lot of thinking there. You've got double your money, really. You've got Chelsea, you've got Leicester, you've got Man City, Man United, you've got Sunderland, not really fancying that. You've got Tottenham, Watford and West Bromwich Albion, all with double game weeks in game week 37. So those are the teams I think we'll definitely be looking at um, in game week 35 for your transfer or two transfers there. Well, perhaps as we as we speak about these individual sides, we'll talk about who they're going to be playing in the double game week to influence your thinking there. I'm going to move on then to the next game week. So after the Manchester derby, we go uh, Saturday the 29th of April. We've got five fixtures on the Saturday. No early kickoff, so no players being jinxed by that. The 12 12:30 p.m. kickoff as usual. First of all, on the list here, we've got Southampton versus Hull. Now, obviously, Southampton jumping off the page straight away, um, having a, you know two double game weeks. So the only thing is the fixtures over the course of time. Peter, I'm going to come to you for this in a second, but they've got Liverpool first in game week 36, Arsenal in game week 36, then Middlesbrough, which is a bit more of a favourable fixture, but then Man United, so some difficult ties. Peter, how do you see Southampton from game week 35 onwards? Uh, I, it's difficult to make a case for them, uh, if I'm honest. You're right; the, fi- the fixtures are pretty negative, and I, I was I looked into it earlier. And because um, if you look at it, you've got Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United all in the top six. So I looked at their games against the uh, the top six this season. Uh, so I played nine games so far right, against Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, Man City, and out of those nine games, they've scored just six goals and they've conceded twenty. If you look at it in those terms, we're thinking, yeah, they've got two games, but 
how much are we really going to be expecting out of them in, in, in that time? For me, probably not a lot. They've hit 40 points. They're safe. They're not going to do anything. They might well be on the beach. I, I, I get the logic of bringing, bringing, bringing the players in, especially if, if you want to take a, a bit of a punt on them. Somebody might get a goal. Gabby Dini starting to, you know, he looks like he could be a good asset moving forward. You've got Charlie Austin coming back, potentially. Shane Long's getting a lot of shots off as well. But realistically, they just don't score goals against the big teams. And if you've got an attacking asset, and also in their defensive assets as well, they're going to be conceding against those big teams. You really then, if you're going to bring them in now, you're only really looking at the whole Middlesbrough and Stoke games until the end of the season where they've really got any decent potential to do anything. So, I mean, I've got Tadic and Yoshida in my side. Um, I'll probably keep them. Um, I mean, Tadic is you know, getting an awful lot of shots, uh, shots off and yeah, plenty of shots in the box. He's not getting any on target, though, although he is creating chances. So I'm hoping for maybe an assist somewhere somewhere in amongst that. But if if I find myself in a position where I've got a bit of cash to spare and I can bring in maybe someone like from uh, Man City midfielder, for example, I might well do that because, actually, to be fair, I'm not not convinced by Southampton at the moment. Yeah, with, with Tadic, he's proven to me for the final time I don't think he's ever going to be a real good FPL option because... <laughs> I brought him in. Yeah. And he's only scored me an assist since then, and that was four game weeks ago. He's always just a streaky player. I spoke about it on the, the podcast where we had Simon Garner on, and he was just saying, "Yeah, he is a streaky player." I just thought, well, I'm going to take a punt on him. You know, Southampton got these double game weeks coming up. It was swaying my decision. In a way, we shouldn't let these double game weeks sway our decisions too much. For me, I, I don't think Talich, yeah, he's as as I mentioned for only one return in the last four game weeks. I, I I think you should be getting rid. Yeah, I think that's it's possible. That's what I'm going to do. There's like I say, he is creating a lot of chances. To be fair, and if Gabby Dini's back in the side, it might be that he starts getting a few more assists. But again, you've you've got to look at the fixtures there and think. I mean, like I said, I bought him in, and I think hindsight's a wonderful thing, but. Yeah, looking back on it now, that was, that was probably not the right move to make. I don't think. I just the only thing I had on um, on Gabby is I think a lot of people had been looking at him for this double double game week, and just I can hear the argument for against him. Just the, for those of you who are more swayed towards him, there's a stat that actually he's recorded either a goal or an assist in every game that he's played over 60 minutes. So now he's getting back to form. If he was going to continue that, um, you'd argue Hull were going to be the team he does it against. The reason being. They've lost six of the last seven road trips they've had um, under Silver, and they've actually conceded um, over 15, I think it's around 17 goals in that time. So if you were going to punt for Gabbiadini, I'd certainly do it this week when they're playing against Hull at home. But that, that's the only argument I can really make for him. He's probably the perfect cheap striker to have for these double game weeks. As your third striker. As, as your third striker. But I mean, if you need some cash elsewhere, maybe go to the likes of Anitri. But it, yeah, he got an assist against Chelsea. In the last five games, he's got four goals, 17 attempts on goal, six on target. But the only thing is, Austin is back. So that is a troublesome one, that uh, whether he will play every single game. But you, you kind of think he should with that record. And I don't know, yeah, like you say, they... Southampton, they haven't beaten a, a team in the top six all season, so it just shows they they seem to be on the beach. It's a difficult one. With these two double game weeks coming up, you kind of want to just bring them in and then hope for the best, especially against Hull. Yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah, like I say, I think you know three big games there, plus Borough that are pretty good at the back as well. So I think I agree with Pete in terms of... Um, potential for returns but like you say cheap third third choice striker over the double game weeks could you know if if things fall well for him could well be a good option are we thinking anyone from whole city chaps not really they've got a couple of decent fixtures in there in the next two but 
after after Southampton and Sunderland, they got Palace and Spurs, and I wouldn't really fancy. Uh, I think they'll put up a fight, but I wouldn't necessarily think there's any um, good FPL assets in there. The yeah. only one who really jumps out is Grzycki. I mean, he's, he's he seems to be doing doing wonders at the moment. He struggles to hit the target, but yeah, again, like Tadic, he, he struggles to hit the target, but he does you know, create a fair few chances for his teammates around him unlike Tadic though he has actually been picking up assists in the last few games he has got people who put him in he's got players who have put him in the back of the net for him but again you know no double game weeks tough fixtures in 37 and 38 I think I think if you if you've maybe got a defender I mean I've got a defender in, in my team I've got Robertson so I'll, I'll probably I'll hold him for the moment there's no reason to get get rid of him at the moment but if you're looking at wild card and I don't don't imagine there's any reason why you'd want to bring any of their players in at this point. Okay, so really not too many options in this when we're looking at at this point in time. Um, this takes us on to Stoke versus West Ham, and with them having a, a lack of a double game week, I've got to say I'm not rushing to put anybody in from either side at the moment. I noticed was was Butland back over the weekend, which I know a lot of people liked the idea of long term. Iceman, what do you think of this fixture? Well, I think if you've got your wild card and you're planning on wild carding in game week 36, maybe this might be a game to take a punt on for the likes of Anatovic. He seems to get loads of goal attempts. He's hit 12 in his last four with um, nine of them in the box, two on target. So he, he scored a couple of goals the game before last, but he could be one of these players which... You know, West Ham are not decent at the back. They seem to play well against Everton, but I think Everton just uh, didn't play well at all. I think it wasn't a fact of West Ham playing that well. It was just Everton playing badly. So <clears throat> maybe Arnie to bring in. Other other than that, I can't see many options. I mean, Butland's back in and replaces Grant now, so people obviously wanted to ship out Grant. With West Ham, no, no double game week. There's not really any options there for me. Uh just to, to back that, I mean, based on the form and the stats, you're actually onto something there. Because in the last four game weeks, he's putting putting some really decent performances. Um, he's second only to Hazard when you look at touches in the opposition box. So he's getting right up there. And during that time as well, he's second behind Son for actual sh- uh, shots in the box. So he's getting up there. He's having the strikes at goal. He's also created 10 chances. So you, there's potential there. We just need someone to put it in the net. Unfortunately, now Boyan's gone uh, gone to Germany and performing very well out there. But um, So Arnautovic, not a bad differential. Yeah, yeah. Peter, anything to add to that? No, it's it's like you guys have read my notes. To be fair, and just <laughs> I think I've got uh, Anatovic looks a threat um, despite his penalty miss. I've got you know no one, no interest really from West Ham. You know, the only one who really maybe jumps out a little bit is Lanzini because he's creating chances. But yeah, I, I don't fancy West Ham. And you know, verbatim, I've got here you know not a long term shout, but a short term punt on Anatovic. So if you're looking at wildcard in the 36, and you've got a free transfer to use up and you don't want to do with it and out of which could be an option against West Ham certainly yeah th- those stats I read out by the way was for five game weeks uh, not four so okay and uh, did you mention about their sorry did you mention their fixture after this one because they've got Bournemouth after that didn't actually take any notice of it I'm just for me I've because I'm wildcarding in uh, 36 so I can uh, yeah. bench boost in 37 I'm kind of if I'm looking at those options of an out of it something like that he would just be a short-term punt. Yeah, so you'll get two game weeks out of a short-term punt, though, I suppose is what I'm saying. There. Uh, yeah, you could do, yeah. Well, if he's got Bournemouth, yeah, it's worth it. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at everything from a slightly different angle because I've already used my wild card. I'm now planning for the rest of the season. And yeah. looking at Stokes' fixtures, they've got, yeah, they do have Arsenal in game week 37. They've got Southampton away on the last game of the season. So it's not inconceivable that Anatovic could score in any one of those games. So 
you're right. A, a, a short term, yeah, he's definitely a short term plan against West Ham, but I, I, equally, I think he probably does have a you know a bit of potential for the rest of the season. But at the same time, I think as you know, again, Stoker, another one of those teams, haven't really got anything to play for. So there's probably better options out there uh, in your midfield. Yeah, I think the the idea of an Alcevic is he's a big physical player, and even if you're saying Arsenal, they're the difficult team. Or generally, we don't defend particularly well against you know big strong you know center forwards or people coming off the wings so from a tactical perspective he could be a good punt there mm. well let, let's not dwell too much on stoke versus west ham clearly not not much change to be had from this one but that does bring us on to sunderland versus bournemouth so the question i'm going to pose to you chaps we've got a sunderland side that uh, are pretty much dead and buried they do have a double game week in 37 where they play swansea and then Arsenal. Obviously, in this fixture, they're up against Bournemouth, and the week following that, they're against Hull. So, not the worst fixtures in the world if they were going to make a late comeback. Peter, do you, do you see any value in Sunderland? Uh, no, absolutely none. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> I, I, I watched um, I, I watched some of that game tonight against uh, against Middlesbrough, and they just they just looked dire, to be honest with you. Um, they looked really bad. They just they just looked dead and buried. They looked bereft of confidence. Jermaine Defoe trying to do everything by himself. You know, saw him frequently pick up the ball in his own half and just try and maraud forward, hoping you know, hoping for the best. But there, there isn't much going on there. I think um, Jordan Pickford's maybe got a few more safe points in him, but I don't really see him keeping a clean sheet either. That all that said. Yeah, conversely, uh, I think Anichibi is quite a good enabler uh, if you want to move to three-five-two, and that's actually something I'm considering because I'm going to want to get rid of Sahar pretty soon um, after their fixture, their fixtures turn after uh, game week uh, 35. Although that said, they seem to be doing well against a big team, so it may not be the worst thing in the world. But I think I've got other reasons to want to get rid of Sahar. If I do that and want to maybe upgrade to someone like uh, Leroy Sane, downgrading the grade O to an Anichibi frees up two million. So actually that's not a bad shout because you can just leave an each be on the bench for the rest of the season apart from the bench boost in game week 37 where he's up against Swansea and Arsenal and you've already pointed out that Arsenal don't necessarily do well against the big physical players right. so that's that that's something I'm, I'm looking at at the moment sorry to jump ahead to the end and talk about transfer plans but that is um, that, that is potentially an option if you want just fodder for your bench and somebody who's going to have a, yeah, a one week punt in game week 37 and you want to free up cash for the rest of your squad it's not the worst shout in the world, I don't think. Just to kind of come across that, he, um, <clears throat> if you are thinking about it, I do think he is a good enabler and you would have a lot of kind of hope in that he's going to score anything because if, if you look at his last three games which he's played, he's only had four goal attempts. He has created three chances, I suppose. So, yeah, the, the return is just not huge at all. Sunderland down and out. This is what's stopping me from actually going to a Nietzsche V because he is a good enabler and there are so many other good players which you want to spend that money on in your midfield but yeah I just don't think you're going to get much even from that double game week but I suppose it's just that double game week that you're going to play him for but for 4.3 million I'm not expecting much if if he just yeah. you know in a, in a bench boost comes in and gets me four points then so be it I, you know yeah. I, I'm not not really that bothered by it. Again, if that enables me to bring in a, a decent quality, have a really decent quality five man midfield who all have potential for goals and all have double game weeks, that's um, f- for me that that could be a risk worth taking. Because the alternative is you're stuck with someone like Negredo, for example, who probably is only going to get you four points as well. Um, he may get a goal every now and then, but 
you wouldn't want to put your house on it. Given a choice between someone like Negredo or Lorente or a Leroy Sane midfield, I'd much rather go for someone like Sane. So it, it depends how you want to approach those double game weeks, really. It depends if you think it's really important that all 15 players score or whether you have 14 really good options uh, and one yeah, one one player who can just, just tick over and get you your four points. There's going to be at least one player that you're just going to have in just for the small amount of price. So maybe, yeah, maybe he is... Yeah, because I think it, it depends how you look at it and look at your team structure as well. If you if you think you need a, a 4.5 million or 4.5 ish million pound player, and then that enables you to get a six million pound player somewhere else, you've got a four and a half million pound defender. You've got to go for a six million pound striker, for example. But if you flip that round and you've got a four four and a half million pound striker who's going to get you four points, you can go for a six million defender, and there's much more value there. Uh, was much much more potential there because you've got yeah you know, more options. It's that's a very narrow example, and everybody seems structured differently. And you might be looking at flicking round midfield or whatever it might be, but that's kind of the way I'm looking at it at the moment. I feel like I can get more value out of my midfield out of a say seven or eight million pound midfielder than I would out of a six million pound striker. I think that's a fair rationale. Well, the only other player I'm going to add to the discussion in this game, we talked about whether to stick or twist with Josh King in the past week for Bournemouth, and he went and did it again as they won 4-0. He's making it really hard for me to drop him for when I make my, my wildcard changes because, again, I want 15 players ideally playing in the double game week twice with a bench boost. However, his run-in is obviously this game against Sunderland where they could score any amount. Uh, they've then got Stoke, Burnley and Leicester. So with Josh King still on great form and only really not playing so well, against Tottenham and we all know how well they're playing at the moment I'm having a really difficult time and a bit of a dilemma justifying taking him out when I do my wildcard team yeah I don't think you should I think he is probably a keeper for the rest of the season if I had him I definitely wouldn't be removing him I'm actually thinking about bringing him in for the wildcard because he's just so cheap he plays up front he's in form I think he's an FPL gold at the moment I don't think there's much much better than him. He's a bit of a Mares of last season, just going in towards the end of this season. Well, 14 goals for the season now, so strike rate when he starts is one every other game. So, you know, potentially a couple more goals to come from him by the end of the season. Bournemouth still fighting. I mean, they're, they're pretty much safe, Bournemouth, now. They're on 38 points. Um, one more win, you say they're there. But to think... Um, you know, I still think they want to show themselves in good light. So with those fixtures, you can see King perhaps notching quite well. Yeah, I, I, I don't see Bournemouth kind of slowing down. And they're not one of these teams which look like they're going to be playing on the beach like the likes of maybe West Brom. A little stat which I did see on King is uh, statistically he's the least offside out of the players that have played over 10 games. He does play just off a of phobie, doesn't he? Because traditionally he's sort of attacking midfielder. So I wonder if it's just that that benefits him in being able to make those runs from deep. Yeah, a phobie is another player which I, I did want to talk about because he has been doing all right the last few games. I mean, yeah. out of his last six games, uh, he scored 12, 2, 9, 5, 2, 6. So he's, yeah, he just seems to be amongst the goals, getting uh, assists, three goals in those last six. So yeah, at 5.5, he could be another amazing. There's a good a good mix of teams in there as well, isn't there? He scored against Swansea, Liverpool, Chelsea, Middlesbrough. Yeah. Rather, he scored points against them anyway. And so yeah, you can do it on a, on any stage effectively. What I would say about I don't know, I, I just find it's probably a little bit less now actually because Callum Wilson's injured, but uh, uh, Phoebe has 
he does seem to start a lot more than he used to earlier in the season. I, f- I, used, I found earlier in the season the Bournemouth strikers really frustrating because none of them could seem to nail it down. Um, if it, if a phobie is to nail down that position, it, yeah, you're right. It could be a very good differential for the uh, for the end of the season. Just a, just a marker on that as well. That was last four. He's only had four attempts. So <laughs> uh, just to be just to be slightly where he seems to be quite clinical at the moment. <laughs> one other one other thing about Josh King actually, he's quite clinical. He's um, scored eight out of his last ten shots on target which is a little bit terrifying uh i i'm 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 the same as you though i think if if i had him in my side which i don't but if if i did have him uh, i wouldn't be looking at selling him right now and in fact he probably for game week 35 a decent captain option against sunderland uh if if you if you go on form and form alone yeah yeah that's a nice shout with a little bit of love for bournemouth there in spite of not having a double game week and speaking of double game week we've got the next two sides both have um, game week 37 double fixtures West Brom versus Leicester however I caution you West Bromwich Albion are playing against Chelsea and then Manchester City and then Leicester are playing against Man City and then Tottenham so this is by no mean a done deal in terms of getting you points even four points for uh, picking a player if we were to start with West Brom chaps their next run of fixtures obviously Leicester at home they've then got Burnley followed by Chelsea Man City and then a final day game of the season against Swansea Iceman are there any players you like from West Brom moving forward see from West Brom no I, I really don't see anyone that I actually want it would just be one of these uh, 4.5 defenders like uh, Evans which I just put in hoping for those uh, two points per game but yeah I can't even see, I can't even see him scoring two points I, I believe if you're putting in one of these players they're probably going to be on one point per game because I, I can see them conceding at least two goals in each of those games so yeah I'm, I'm not going for anyone from West Brom um, a lot of people are looking towards Leicester looking at the likes of Albrighton who's at that price of 4.9 in midfield and he could be a good option to kind of spread your money elsewhere and uh, like a fifth midfielder um, and also Vardy he's returned apart from against Arsenal didn't do anything at all but in the last seven game weeks he was, he's returned tacking points so yeah. A lot of people are turning to him at the moment and I can definitely see why. He has been in one of my uh, drafts of the wildcard team. But it's it's going to be a choice between him and like the likes of Costa. Because uh, Costa is only, I think, 0.4 more than Vardy. So because they're very similar in price, if Vardy was a little bit less, I'd probably be guaranteed to get him in for this wildcard. But yeah, he's just in that price range, which makes me want to think about Costa a little bit more. Just due to these these double game week fixtures which they've got, which aren't aren't great. But the fixtures either side of those double game weeks, they've got Watford yeah. at home and then they've got Bournemouth at home, like either side of that uh, double game week thirty seven. So that could be very profitable to bring him in for them. I'd agree with that. So if you, what you're saying is if you invest now you've got five games, three of those potentially are actually quite nice for Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Peter, what's your view on this one? Yeah, I'd agree with everything said, really. I think um, the, the Leicester games either side, West Brom, Watford and Bournemouth, I mean, that's, that, that could well be could well be very profitable for someone like, like Jamie Vardy. I'm not sure I'd look anywhere other than Vardy. I mean, you're right, Albrighton, I think, is a good option at his price and he's potentially a good enabler. But I wouldn't necessarily look anywhere other than Vardy. But if, if you're looking also at you know, those premium strikers... I'm not sure I'd go. I, I know the prices are slightly different, but I'm not sure I'd go Vardy above Costa, Lukaku, Kane, Aguero. I feel. I think Leicester have had a bit of bit of a surge, and they've yeah they pulled themselves out of trouble. I think they're 
more than likely to be safe and there is that risk now they just sort of coast for the rest of the season and go right okay we got ourselves out of that let's now rebuild for next season let's um, you know take a foot off the gas and maybe try a few things out whatever it might be I just almost, almost just don't almost just don't trust Leicester I think at, at this point it just feels like too much of a risk to bring one of their players in and West Brom I've, I've, yeah, I don't really have any interest in um, to be honest I think they haven't got many attacking assets who are going to continuously continuously return and you're right with what you say about their defensive options there is a potential for a 4.5 million pound player who could get a clean sheet between now and in the end of the, end of the season but even when he does he'll probably be sitting on your bench so is it worth it really Probably so a lot not. of uh, a lot of potential corners for Gareth McCauley to run at. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> not necessarily serious though. Um, okay, <laughs> I guess that there's yeah. I guess I agree with you two on this one. It's it's difficult. The only Leicester player I would be looking at would be Vardy, but I think the the top strikers mean business now. All the top teams are scoring, and I think I'd be coming away from Vardy after his hot streak now. Just a quick note on Mares. He has actually had like the highest shots on target for the last few weeks. And uh, I think he's going to try and put himself in the shop window now, if you look at it. Because it's coming towards he's probably going to want to move on from Leicester now. He is a quality player. He actually played all right against Arsenal tonight. And he could have scored if it wasn't for Czech making a really good save. So he might be one of these options for people who need to move up the league. Uh, in, in fact, I am actually considering him now. <laughs> Interesting. Well, be a real punt ice, man. But you, so your rationale for that is more, I suppose, in the sense of it's coming up to the uh, the summer transfer window, putting myself in there and the gradual increase in form. Yeah, I can see some points from these uh, three fixtures around this, this double game week. So uh, I can see him scoring some. Well, let's move on to the last, uh, the, the late kickoff, the evening kickoff, 5.30. We've got Palace versus Burnley. Now, often when I go into a double game week, I come out the other side. I'm My team is a little bit wrecked and I've got some work to do. But this fixture for Palace against Burnley, all being well in terms of injuries, I actually punted for Hennessy, Townsend and Benteke. And to be honest, even though they've lost against Spurs, which the same as I said against Bournemouth the other week, I didn't think Josh King was off form just because he didn't score at Spurs. I'm probably going to keep all of them in, if I'm honest. I think this is a really nice fixture if you have Palace players I still think Christian Benteke is going to be a handful for Burnley we know Burnley don't score a lot on the road so Hennessy if you've if you've got him or any any Palace defenders would be good to field here and it depends if you're wildcarding and getting rid of Zaha or the likes of Townsend now but again I think there's potential for them in this one as well um, Benteke of course scoring regularly until tonight's game against Spurs Peter well, what do you think about this fixture? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm, I've got Hennessy and Zaha. I'm more than happy to keep Hennessy in, I think, for the, uh, the remainder of the season. Yeah. I, I know they're playing Man City and Man United, but yeah, their recent results have included you know, 2-1 win at Chelsea, 3-0 at Arsenal, or at home to Arsenal, sorry, uh, 2-1 away at Liverpool. Yeah, they put up a hell of a fight against Spurs earlier, from what I saw, and that, that game really could have gone either way, I guess. So I'm not sure they've got anything really to fear from Man City and Man United. The only thing I'd say is if they're if they're safe by that point, and as arguably they probably will be, you've got Man United and Man City who are both going to be fighting for fourth. How much a Palace can take their foot off the bu- off the gas a little bit? But I think I think that they're showing momentum rather than anything. It looks like they're yeah you know, they're really trying. They still want to play and they're still fighting. They've probably got a lot to prove as well to themselves. So I think if you've got Palace assets, I keep hold of them. Benteke looks an absolute diamond at the moment. I really wish I'd bought him in above uh, Negredo um, last week. Yeah, me too. Uh, maybe, me too. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, he's getting a hell of a lot of shots on target and uh, yeah, shots in the box, etc. Townsend again looks like a good option as well. I've 
I've got Zaha, and I'm going to hold him for the Burnley game because you're right, Burnley don't necessarily do too much away from home, and there's definitely potential there. But I was looking at the stats, and this this doesn't include tonight's game, but from you know, the last four game weeks, he's had seven shots in the box, and none of them have been on target. And just watching him tonight, he seemed to be out on the wing, he's quite far out on the wing, whereas Townsend seemed to be coming in a little bit more. I don't know if that's uh, uh, just skewed from my you know, limited limited view of the game, but I don't know. I, I'll keep as a half next week, but realistically, I'm probably going to be looking to get rid of him pretty soon because I think maybe that uh, maybe that hot streak is on is over and he's maybe reverting to the mean at the moment. He's he's definitely playing playing a role within the team and he's definitely doing well for the team. But as an FPL asset, he, he you know, I think his season might be over effectively from from my perspective anyway. But. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing I'd add about uh, with Palace as well, so I still think regardless they've got the squad to get the result against Burnley. Um, Sacco going down injured tonight, that doesn't look good. That could be a season ender for him. Um, yeah. That's going to make a huge difference to potential clean sheet returns, I think, when it comes to City and Man United. But a real shame for them because he's performed brilliant since he's been on loan. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna suffer from that, I think. Um, he, he did organise their defence and had them playing really well at the back there. I do think um, it's worth even thinking about captaining the likes of Benteke or even Zaha. He has got nine, nine attempts over the last four game weeks, although, although none of them are on target. But Burnley are conceding the second most amount of chances over the last four game weeks, down the left and down the right flanks, uh, with 17 apiece. So maybe Zaha could probably benefit from this. The only thing is Burnley are in a relegation battle, so they're probably going to be wanting to fight in this game. And I know that FPL managers have been hit with a big blow now that Barton has been banned for 18 months after breaking <laughs> the betting rules. So he's out of everyone's thinking now. So I've just had Shame. to reschedule my uh, wildcard now. But yeah, they're just in poor form, Burnley, aren't they? So you you would think that Palace are just going to walk over them, but... Yeah, like like you say, Peter, I don't think they've uh, got much to play for now. They're becoming quite safe in... Uh, where have they moved up to now? They're actually in 12th place. So, yeah, they're only on 38 points. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult think, one to kind of call. I don't think Palace are going to walk over Burnley. I think Burnley will always put up a, a bit of a fight. But I, I expect Palace to have enough to beat them. You, know, you may be looking at you know, a 1 or a 2 nil here. I think there'll, there'll be enough there. I'm just... I don't, I don't think they can run away with it. And... I would have thought they keep clean sheets as well. So I think certainly for the Burnley match, there, there's some decent Palace options. After that, again, Man United, Man City, they may not have anything to fear from that, but you're right, the Sacco thing, I'm looking at the you know, Twitter feed now and um, yeah, Allardyce expects the centre-back to be out for some time, so he's probably not going to play again this season. And he's he's been what's made a difference. So that that may affect my thinking. Although to be fair, I think I've got bigger problems in my team than Wayne Hennessy at the moment. So, But it, it may be that you know, beyond game week 35, defensively then maybe not as as solid as they have been i think that's a, that's a fair point should we move on to the sunday games chaps we've got united versus swansea in the early kickoff so here we are talking about another double game week side again in manchester united chasing the top four without zlatan now as a young 15 year old football fan i watched the arsenal team go unbeaten for an entire season the next season i was sat watching match of the day and i watched a young man from liverpool uh, Everton precisely bend one into the top corner that man's name was Wayne Rooney 
And on the day, the commentary was, remember the name, Wayne Rooney. We all forgot about him. Zlatan <laughs> got injured and not one man on this podcast last week even thought about Rooney. And he pops up. Uh, Iceman, let me let you lead us off on this one. Man United versus Swansea. Do you, do you like anyone in this thing? Yeah. Well, firstly, you've got to give us a little bit of a break. We did record the podcast before the Ebra injury, so... Maybe he would have been in some people's thinking. He certainly wasn't really in mine. Um, but doesn't, sorry, just, doesn't that tell us a lot, though? Because Rooney used to be such a reliable FPL player for an assist, a strike at goal. Now we talk about Man United, and I think maybe once this season have we have we mentioned him at all. So clearly it just shows the decline or maybe even the lack of faith Mourinho has in Rooney now. I really think personally he needs to move on. He's still got years in the Premier League ahead of him I believe but, but anyway let me come back to you uh, yeah he's just a, an old Shrek really he should be off to America soon um, right but Swansea are like the, these are another team you've got to be looking and thinking about these teams which are fighting for relegation so I think Swansea are going to try and keep it really tight I'm hoping for a clean sheet because I've got the these three Man United uh, uh, defenders including De Gea so I'm really hoping that they're going to keep a clean sheet here but I, I could probably see Lorente scoring another header. Uh, they do take the most headed shots, Swansea. So, yeah, that's likely that Siggy's probably going to get another assist and Lorente's going to score because it'll be typical for my FPL team. So many lemons. <laughs> so many lemons. Uh, but if if you're wanting to take uh, a punt on one of these teams which are, are kind of fighting for relegation, maybe Lorente could be a good run not not for this particular game week but maybe uh going forward because the rest of their fixtures aren't too bad but it just it just depends if you're wildcarding maybe not if you if you're not and you're falling behind Lorente could be a good run but on your wildcard I think everyone's going to be removing all United players because they've just got kind of no consistency in who they're going to be playing they're in the Europa League uh, so I think Mourinho is probably going to want to focus on that more than the league. I know it sounds weird because they're, they're going for top four as well. But for this particular game, I don't think I'll be bringing in anyone for United. And on my wild card next week, I'm not going to be keeping any United either. Right, Peter, what are your thoughts? I think at the moment, because we're recording this on Wednesday nights and they have, they've yet to play the Manchester derby, I think it's it's... Almost too soon to tell. It's almost impossible to tell. Um, we need to see who's playing tomorrow, um, who's fit, who looks tired, um, and tr- really trying to second guess what Mourinho is going to do in terms of rotation, um, which, yeah, let's be honest, isn't isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, their fixture list, as you've already pointed out, is absolutely punishing. They've got you know, two games a week: you know, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday for the rest of the season. And then if they do reach the Europa League final, that's three days after game week 38. So I think beyond the Swansea game, they've got Arsenal, Tottenham, Southampton, and then all of those away, and then Palace at home with potentially a final three days after that. So I wouldn't be looking at any Man United, bringing in any Man United players long term. If you've got your wild card and want a punt on a game week 35, you know, home to Swansea, I think it's a great fixture, particularly from a defensive perspective. I appreciate what you're saying about Lorente and Sigurdsson. They, they could quite easily you know, pop up and get a goal. At the same time, though, you maybe, you maybe imagine Man United probably going to suck, you know, suck the life out of that game a little bit and go and win it 1-0. I hope so. Who scores, that go- Who scores that goal? I've got absolutely no idea. Yeah, for me, it'd be wait and see what happens tomorrow night you know who plays who looks fresh who maybe picks up an injury what's Mourinho saying in the po- in the pre-matches on yeah pre-match press conferences on Friday if 
for his one, and really only looks to bring him in for one week. Uh, I, I don't really see. I'm not really sure what I'd want to do beyond that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to remove any of you United players. I'm keeping all three of mine, but I wouldn't be bringing any of yeah. them in. Yeah, I think it's the same with me. I've got Valencia, and I'll I'll keep him certainly for uh, the Swansea game. But again, if he plays in the Manchester derby, is he going to get rotated again? Potentially. Beyond that, I've probably got to start thinking about getting rid of Valencia because he he doesn't look uh, stable or reliable as a, as an FPL asset at least. No, it's almost like Mourinho commits to his centre half, but the fullbacks get chopped and changed an awful lot. Yeah. Okay, but um, again, how, how much how much would he commit to those centre halves if he had any centre halves fit? Because he's got, true. This is true. yeah, I mean, he, he's openly said, you know, uh, a couple of them, you know, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling need to step up their recoveries because they're putting too much pressure on on Bailly and uh, uh, and Rojo, or what was Rojo, who's now injured as well. I've got. To say, I do like Bailly. He may well stay in my team for the rest of the season now, just rotating in and out potentially. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks, chaps. Then we'll, let's move on to a huge fixture here. We've got the uh, top four chasing Everton at home against the Chelsea side, who look unstoppable as they push towards the league title. the The gap is down to well, we're down to sort of four points now, moving in that direction. In terms of Spurs win their game in hand. I think I'm looking at a not updated table here. If we if we're thinking about this one, Iceman, who'd you like from this moving well, well, a lot of people are shouting Lukaku's gonna score against West Ham because he scores against them every time he plays them, but I never really believe in that hype and uh, it didn't come true. They actually played awful against West Ham Everton. They didn't look good at all, but maybe they are on the beach a little bit. I do think Lukaku's probably still got a point to prove and he wants to get the um, golden boot. We had a few questions on this. We had uh, Bayou Hadi Constanto put Kaku at game week 37 is better than a double game week striker. Um, I, I wonder if people are going to hang on to him. I know you said you brought him in, Pete. Are you hanging on to him for the rest of the season, no matter what? Or are you, are you, is he in consideration to get rid? No, I, I brought him in to, to hold him. Looking purely at the fixtures, actually, I think home game against Chelsea, he's, he's got potential there. Big, strong presence. And he, he generally does you know, quite well at home. Swansea away, Watford at home. Yeah, final game of the season against Arsenal. Maybe, maybe I can see a one-week punt then on somebody uh, last game of the season. But he's got two home games: Chelsea at home, Watford at home, and Swansea away. I, I, I've, I've got no reason to sell him at this point. I think he's yeah, he is still getting shots, uh, shots on. You're right, he's still after the golden boot. Everton may, I don't know, have they taken the foot off the gas? Yeah, we've we've already said they're potentially top top four chasing. Whether they will or not is a completely different matter. But I'm not sure Kuman's going to let them do that. I'm I'm, I'm keeping Lukaku. I'm, I'm delighted he's back in my side as well because uh, he's been great for me this season. Yeah, it was it was a pain to sell him. I can I can see why because Chelsea are not keeping a clean sheet uh, ever now. They it's yeah. been like 400 games they last kept a clean sheet. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can see why you want to keep him. I'd, I could probably see Lukaku scored in this game. He's just clinical at home, isn't he? Um, another another player which a lot of people are bringing in for their wild card is the cheap option of Holgate. He's actually Looking like a good young player, Holgate, and promising in in that back four, uh, well, in that back five even. So yeah, he, he looks like a, an easy option to bring in at four point one. I think he's going to be in my wild card team and probably in most wild card teams. I like it. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I would add to this is the question of Diego Costa over the next few game weeks because I think he 
if you look at their fixtures, very, very favourable, show that his uh, point ceiling can be higher than we we sort of talked about previously. And I really like, I think if Chelsea's fixtures are running, especially in the double game week, I would actually be having three Chelsea players by that point. I know we said about clean sheets there, but I still think Alonso is a threat going forward as much as he is at the back. Proving that again with assists this week. I think if you haven't got Hazard, you need to think about a way of getting him into the team because if that PFA Player of the Year had been voted for about three months after, I don't think it would have been Kanto. I, I think Hazard might have been yeah. a good shout for I that. that yeah. he, he's done what he did a couple of years ago, the last time he won the title. He's just done every every game when they need a goal. He's just been the man to do it. He's, uh, I, I think personally, he's fixture-proof for me. And I think Conte will keep them motivated over the next five games. So for me, I'm looking towards three Chelsea players. Yeah, in, in my wildcard team as well, I'm also looking... I, I do want Costa and I do want Hazard. Uh, Costa, even though he's been blanking the, the last few game weeks, I know he didn't blank this game week because he got a goal and an assist, which, uh, or two goals, was it? Was it two goals he got? Yeah. Uh, yeah, two goals and, a, and an assist. So he's scoring loads there. Um I did think about it before that and after he actually scored that I was a bit annoyed thinking oh that means everyone else is going to bring him in because I did have him as a as a placeholder um, thinking that Chelsea they're still going for the league Spurs have won uh, tonight so it's obviously keeping up the pressure which is good for FPL because it just means that you know Chelsea still have to play their best team and I think the likes of Hazard and Costa are going to be really crucial these final game weeks and Chelsea are second to Spurs for attempts on goal in the last six it just shows they are right up there for attempts on goal so there's loads of points to be had here and with Alonso it's a difficult one if you've if you've got a lot of money invested in him and you you are on your wild card it might be good to spread it because they're just not keeping clean sheets but he's still on for those assists and he's going to be on free kicks still so you've got to remember how many attacking returns you've had from him so he's probably still going to get another one or two attacking returns these upcoming game weeks and they those fixtures they've got they are good and that double game week I think Hazard's going to be probably a potential captain option for that double game week I think the the other thing to consider with with Chelsea is that by the probably by the middle of game week 37 by the Watford game maybe even before that depending on what Spurs do as well they may well have won won the title so they may have their final two home games of the season against Watford and Sunderland having won the title and that's just going to be an absolute festival for them they're going to be you know the swagger that players like Hazard are going to be playing with is going to be phenomenal and they could absolutely bulldoze those teams so you know they've got a lot to play for between now and then and then Spurs keeping up the pressure actually is a good thing, you know, like you say, for that. Then when it gets to the point where they've won the title, because let's be honest, they're probably going to win the title. If they do that for the Watford game, yeah, they, they, they could absolutely run away with that. So it's a, it's a massive disadvantage for me at the moment because I don't have Hazard. And I'm not really sure how to get him in without... It's a whole other discussion whether we want to sell Sanchez or not. And I'm seriously considering it because it feels like going without Hazard for these last few weeks, the form and the mood that he's in and the yeah, form and the mood that Chelsea are in could be a massive risk. Can you imagine Chelsea at home, the last game of the season against Sunderland? It could be anything. It really could. Yeah, because you've got other players as well like Pedro in there as well who, who play with that. If, if they play with the freedom, absolute pressure's off, go out and enjoy yourself, guys. It could be absolutely devastating. It really could be, it could be a sight to 
to see. Yeah. Can I just whilst you mentioned, um, we'll come back to Sanchez in terms of FPL value in a minute, but just on social media, I'm picking up obviously after the the uh, as the Iceman quoted the Rivaldo that he did earlier. Um, <laughs> all the videos are now coming out of, of Sanchez and seeing it in slow motion. Yeah, that's and, yeah. Right, but what's actually happened is Sanchez has now to his social media account uploaded a selfie of where the ball has cut his lip and him holding an ice pack over it. I don't know if he's trying to forget the, uh, excuse the pun, save face here, but um, I don't think he's quite getting the, the, the concept of why people are kicking off about this because when you're hit with a ball and then react about 10 seconds later, it doesn't have quite the same effect as if you dive first time. So <laughs> interesting attempt by Sanchez there to save face. <laughs> I've just had a look at Instagram. Yeah, that is literally to save face, isn't it? That's, it's making that's it terrible. worse. You need to just leave it, move on, and recognise that he is a class <laughs> clown. Um, right, I'm not going to add anything about the Everton-Chelsea game above what we've said, but the other game kicking off at the same time on Sunday the 30th is Middlesbrough versus Manchester United. If you don't have Manchester United, Manchester City, if you don't have Martin Darun, um I wouldn't say particularly put him in for this one, but he's got me some nice points from tonight. Ice Pan, where do you see this one going? Well, you can only see it going uh, City's way, really. I know they got a, a win tonight, which was probably vital for them. They are fighting now. They look like they're really getting involved. They, I thought they played okay against Arsenal a couple of weeks back, and they obviously got unlucky with the sending off in the Bournemouth game. But to me, I've got Aguero, and this is captain all over that. I think he's going to get a big haul here. Uh, hopefully, Jesus, who is back in training now, he's not quite ready. So hopefully he's not going to play this game and Aguero's going to start. Yeah, I'm going to captain this one. We had a few questions based on this one. He had uh, Fancy Football Tips at Fancy Football Tipsters put, who in Man City's defence is most likely to play in the remaining games? Who do you guys reckon is most likely to keep their spot throughout? I think probably company is going to be the main one who's going to keep their spot. But a lot of people are looking at Clichy, left back. What do you reckon of that? So you've, got the, you've got the injury risk with company, haven't you? Surely, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they'd like to play him every week, but you know, they want to play him every week for the last few seasons. It doesn't always work out that way, though. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I was going to say exactly the same thing about company. I think if he's fit, he's absolutely nailed on. He's got to play, but you just don't know with him, do you? He can break down at any moment. He's such an important player for them. So. Uh, I, I can't really suggest any City player that's going to start every week. He does seem to prefer Otamendi to Stones when company's playing, but even that I wouldn't bank on. So um, I'm struggling for Man City defenders at the moment. I'm struggling for Man City players uh, all over the pitch who aren't going to get rotated. Yeah, um, it is difficult with the pet rotation to actually nail on anyone. I mean, I, if I didn't have Aguero now, I wouldn't necessarily bring him in. Uh, maybe just for a one-week punt if I had a wild card, but... Uh, I think people are looking towards Sane, probably getting a few points in the double game week. But you've got to look at it. He, I, I looked into it further and I don't think he's going to be worth having because I think you're going to have to compensate in other areas to afford that six point, uh, that 7.6 mil. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's still not a major high-scoring FPL player for that, like the likes of King has been. And he's only had one double-digit return all season. So, yeah, I, I kind of convinced myself that I'm not going to bring in Sane. I have to get rid of uh, Aguero for my wildcard because it just in 
enables so much money and I don't think he's actually worth the funds. So I think if you have got your wild card, he's probably worth bringing out. But again, you probably could see some massive hauls from City in this double game week. They have got really good fixtures and it is, is troublesome to work out who is the best defender. There's no one who you can particularly 100% rely on. There could be rotation anywhere, but I suppose company's going to be the only one which you can see probably keeping his place if he stays fit and that's a, a big if i think i'd say um you know going back to the sane point he's he's somebody i'm definitely looking at at the moment because he's he's the one who isn't being rotated at the moment he, he might be mm. pulled off before uh before the 90 minutes are up you know on on, on occasion but he is starting most weeks uh aguero is the other one who's starting but obviously we've got, got jesus or jesus back reasonably soon so i think sane is probably worth looking at Again, there might well be rotation throughout their team, really. But I think it's it's almost a case now of not looking at you know, who's going to play all five games. We can kind of just assume that whoever's playing four out of four out of those five games is probably good enough as well, because their fixtures now to the end of the season are very favourable. They've got five games there where you'd think both attack and defence they could probably get returns. If you're not going to get all five out of them, having four of those games covered is probably still a good thing. So. If you start thinking about it in those terms, it maybe opens up a few more options for you as well. It's it's not ideal, though. It's not not really what you want. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. Actually. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got no, well nothing else to add to, to this fixture chat. Well, in that case, let's move on to the North London derby. This is absolutely huge because Tottenham are chasing the title. Arsenal really have to keep the pressure on if they're going to finish in the top four. Their, their equivalent of winning the Premier League. Really need to win every game in the run-in. Spurs pulling off a victory against uh, against Palace tonight, which is what champions do. Win. They don't always win by five, but they win enough. Arsenal with an absolute blockbuster from Monreal uh, against Leicester, deflecting in off hoof. So, chaps, first of all, Peter, let's come to you first. Where do you see the North London derby going? Um, I don't know. These things are usually blood and thunder, aren't they? And to some extent, and the form will go out the window. I can probably quite conceivably be conceivably seeing it being a draw. If I'm being honest, I think yes. Yeah, Spurs obviously look good, but I think probably they probably realise you're right. The Palace game they showed that they did what champions do. They won it late on. Uh, yeah, they got the result they needed, but they were making quite a few mistakes in the first half. From from what I saw uh, towards the end of the first half, anyway, and I think the same was true on Sunday as well. So. We saw last season when they when when Spurs you know, effectively lost the league, or when when it became apparent that they weren't going to win the league. They I don't want to say they lost their heads, and I don't, I don't think that's the right right phrase for it. But they they did go off the boil a little bit, and uh, they they weren't quite as effective. And I'm just wondering if something similar can happen again. Arsenal have had a couple of good victories recently as well, so they'll be buoyed a little bit by that. And again, they've got the North London derby thing as well. And yeah, Arsenal are probably going to be reasonably embarrassed by finishing behind Spurs for the first time in God knows how long. So I think their fans are going to want something out of that game. And the players probably will as well. So I, I can see it being a draw. I'm just looking at the table, actually. I'm just trying to do, do the maths quickly in my head. That Arsenal's famous, was it St. Tottenham's Day or something? <laughs> where they, Day, yeah. It could quite conceivably, could it conceivably happen, actually, that <laughs> Spurs would guarantee they finished ahead of Arsenal after that game week and break that jinx? Because that would yeah, be, that'd be yeah. something for their fans to celebrate as well. There's, there's no way we're catching them. There's no, there's no way. I can't see it now. Yeah. It'd be a hell of a thing if it happened at White Hart Lane against Arsenal, though. Yeah. Uh, the Spurs fans would be delighted. I, I, I'll, I'll do the maths later and work out because I know Arsenal got game in hand, so I'm trying to work it out. Yeah. But I don't think it could happen, actually. Yeah, they are they are doing really well. The only thing I'd mention is that they exited the semi-final for the seventh consecutive time, uh, even though they played better, according to Jermaine Giannis. <laughs> so just but to... they did. 
they did they did play well. Um, there's no doubt about that. I think you know, but both Chelsea and Spurs had good periods within that game, and Spurs were really good value. But again, they made they did make a few mistakes at the back, which is um, problematic um, for them. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just curious to see what happens now. They've almost almost secured Champions League football. I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised if they don't get it, and they almost certainly can't win the league now. So they they've got they haven't got the FA Cup to play for anymore. So does that affect their mentality in the last few weeks? Well, I don't not, know. I'm I not still, really sure. I still think they they could win the league. Chelsea could fall back, but it's highly doubtful. I mean, a, a lot of people are wanting to captain Kane in this game. You can see why he scored in each of the last four meetings, scoring five goals. He's after the golden boot. Spurs going for the title. I could probably see him as a great captain option. But Arsenal are playing better now that they're playing with this three at the back system I think the the fans kind of deserve that City win, we managed to get away with it tonight just a very tight Leicester team um, but Ars- Arsenal have kind of worked out a way to kind of beat people now I think I would love Kane for this game uh, as well, I'm not going to bring him in, uh, he will be in my wild card because he's just so prolific, he didn't score tonight which was quite a shock, and I was actually quite glad. He, he did get an assist, but yeah, if I had him, I was I was still thinking about captaining him. What do you, do you guys think, think about um, Sanchez, if you don't mind me asking? Because I know he played up front tonight, and a lot of people have been calling out for him to be playing up front, uh, mostly FPL managers. But looking at the who scored stats, you know, live in game, I don't know what it ended as, but they had him as being the worst player on the pitch statistically. So, you know, my my view on that is for we're in game week. Well, we're in game week thirty four. It's just finished. So for thirty three game weeks, I was nailed on planning to have Sanchez in for these double double game weeks which is technically impossible because you haven't known about them for that long. But the point I'm making is all season, that's been the plan. For the first time, I'm actually thinking about a squad without him. That could be the end of me, but just with his cost and just with his lack of significant returns like he was earlier in the season, I'm a little bit reluctant to go that way because I think there's bigger players. If you don't pick Sanchez, you can effectively, if you want an Arsenal player, you could go Walcott instead and spread that money into a third big striker for these double game weeks. So as it stands at the moment, I'm still... Or has it? Well, if, if, it depends if you've got Hazard or not already. But yes, absolutely. If, if that's your straight swap for for this week, I'm not going to jump just yet. It will literally be just before game week 36 before I make that uh, make that decision. Yeah, with with Sanchez, it is difficult. I'm, I kind of just want to hold on to him, just in hope. He did it the crossbar tonight. He had a good shot, but he did start up top and he, he didn't play that well. But I think that, that was because Leicester just uh, I thought they defended really well tonight. I can see Sanchez probably doing better than he did he did start to play up front towards the end of the City game in the semi-final and Arsenal looked a much better team and he did get that goal so he is owned by a lot 24.7% so if you're getting rid and he scores well your overall rank will drop Uh, there's no question about that so I'm just I'm holding on on kind of playing the game and in hope that he's still going to score well. I've already got him. I've almost not got that decision to make because I'm I'm going to hang on to him. With Wilcott not really playing the last two games and the Man City in the game before, you can't really guarantee that he's going to get many minutes. I suppose your your likely replacements are Ozil, <laughs> who scored an offside goal tonight, or the likes of Ramsey. But Ramsey was on the bench tonight, so. There's going to be a lot of rotation there. I mean, Arsenal have now got this new system which they seem to be sticking with and it is benefiting the likes of Sanchez, 
Monreal, Oxlade, Holding, Gabriel. Uh, but Holding didn't get played this game. Uh, he's only up four mil, so he's going to be a risk if you brought him in. Gabriel played again, so he might be worth a shout, 4.8. But I think in the Arsenal defence, I think there's likely to be rotation anywhere. We've got Gibbs, who can play left side out for Monreal, who a lot of people are thinking is going to be nailed on. We've got the probably four centre-backs. The only nailed-on centre-back which I can see is probably Koscielny, because he looks like he's captain in the team at the moment. But you've got Bellerin and Oxlade, who can play right-back. We've got the, the four central defenders of Monreal, Gabriel Holding and Koscielny that could go anywhere between those and then yeah Gibbs and Monreal rotating left so I can't see any of those players actually keeping that spot for the remainder of all these games which Arsenal have got to play obviously Arsenal have got two double game weeks to go the fixtures aren't exactly the best fixtures for the next four with the likes of Spurs, United, Southampton and Stoke. We never seem to do well against those because we've got Stoke and Southampton away. Uh, But then the last two, Sunderland and Everton, yeah, I don't know, a lot of people are wanting to bring in three Arsenal players. The only nailed-on defender I can see is probably Czech, though, uh, other than Koscielny. I said a lot of shit there. I need someone else to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, do you want want to come back to that with anything? Uh, No, I think you've covered it really well. For for me, I'm you know going back to the Sanchez thing. I'm I've got him, and I'm I'm probably I'm probably going to keep him. And it's a pure fixtures over form play. Really, he's he's got six games in the next four game weeks, and he picks himself basically in the team. He's not going to, I'd be very, very, very surprised if he was dropped for any of those like he was against Liverpool earlier in the season. If if he's if he's playing up top, there isn't any of those teams he couldn't score against. And the the only the only question mark I've got in my head is, as I mentioned earlier, if if you get rid of him you free up a lot of funds then for somebody like Hazard for a really good third striker. You, you can do anything with your team then potentially. So I don't, I don't. It's, it's a massive risk, especially when you consider the uh, the ownership. Uh, what you said earlier, I'm not sure there's anybody else in the Arsenal team I'd fancy at the moment. If I'm being brutally honest, I think that that new formation is maybe still settling in, bedding in a little bit, and maybe Wenger's going to use the last few weeks to you know experiment with different players in different positions. As you mentioned, players like Holding and Ramsey, who you know have been starting and then will drop tonight. Things might get moved around a little bit. I think Sanchez is a guaranteed starter, so I'm going to stick with him for the moment. Interesting. Well, it's, it's drop Sanchez at your peril, I think, is the uh, is the thinking there. And then, chaps, that takes us on to the last game of, uh, of this next upcoming game, week 35, and it's Watford versus Liverpool. So, of course, here we're talking about a side in, uh, in Watford who, again, uh, they, had, they do have a double game week, so they've got Everton and Chelsea, so not particularly favourable fixtures there. Liverpool don't have a double game week, but a, a fairly nice run in there. So Watford, Southampton, West Ham, and then Middlesbrough. Iceman, uh, in terms of our final fixture, do you want to kick us off? Who, who do you like in this one and moving forward? Yeah, I think Liverpool are going to be one of these teams which you're going to regret not bringing in one of their players. But at the moment, it looks like Coutinho's the only one which is going to be the option here. Because he's, he's got double figures for goals now. And in the last game, he, he dribbled into the box a few times, looked very dangerous. But he was the, the only one which I kind of caught my eye. And obviously, they create a lot of chances to live for. It's just the fact that they've got no double game week. It's just their fixtures towards the end of the season are pretty good, but they just don't seem to be doing well against these smaller teams. They they seem to do much better against the the bigger teams. Um, 
we had a, a question from FPL Conundrum here saying, should we be considering Liverpool assets given that they know double game week? And maybe you should. Uh, it is hard when they haven't got as many fixtures. You always think that there's more potential in these double game week teams. You always try and go with the double game week teams, but... If you've got Coutinho, I'd hold him for this game, definitely. Watford played awful in the last game. Even Dini was uh, kind of apologising to the fans. Maybe this next game, Watford might turn it on a little bit more, though. So they they don't look a decent team to me. So Liverpool should take advantage of this after losing against uh, Crystal Palace. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. I'd definitely go with, I'd definitely go with Coutinho if, if I had the option of bringing him in. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be concerned about Liverpool not having a double game week um, at, at this point. I think those fixtures are very favourable. And looking at the league table, they've they've played two more games than the teams beneath them. So assuming that Man City, Man United and Arsenal you know, win at least a couple of those games, Liverpool are probably going to find themselves out of the top four you know, reasonably soon. I think certainly maybe going into game week 38. So they're going to need to keep it up. They're going to need to keep the pressure on those teams. They're going to need to keep winning and keep playing well. Coutinho seems to be... I'm not going to say he's carrying that team, that's the wrong way of putting it, but he seems to be the biggest threat. I, th- I get the feeling he's going to be one of those players who, if you don't own him, it's going to be reasonably punishing for you at some point in the next few game weeks. Uh, he scares the life out of me, to be fair. So Interesting. So there is some love for Liverpool here. Anything from Watford? No. I suppose I suppose if you're looking for a double game week player, Kapoe 4.5 for a wild card player, that's about it for me. Maybe even Holobas 4.6. If you're just looking for one of those double game week players, but their, their double game week is just awful, isn't it? They've got Everton and Everton Chelsea. Everton and Chelsea away. away. So, yeah. Maybe just as a and either side, of, either side of that as well, they've obviously got Liverpool at home and the final games against Man City at home as well. There's no standout players either, really. I'm, yeah. I'm not going anywhere near Watford. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. I'm just going to cut you short. I really need a piss. So I'm just going to go now. All right. Be right back. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're back once again. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the brief interlude music as the Iceman, um, well, I don't know, wet, wet himself again. Um, we, we're assured that he has no physical health problems. Can you confirm that, Iceman? Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Have you been to the doctor? Uh, no, just drink a lot of water. Right, OK. I think we should uh, hashtag Iceman to the doctor. Let's sum up the game week. Uh, first of all, Saints versus Hull. Not a lot of love for Hull City here, but certainly Gabbiadini uh, was in our thinking. Um, could go either way with him. Some good stats backing him, so you might want him as your cheaper double game week striker. Stoke versus West Ham. Really just looking at short-term punts. The panel weren't really interested in West Ham, but Arnautovic has the stats in the form behind him. Could be a good man to go for over the next two weeks. Sunderland versus Bournemouth. If you want an enabler for your double game week, Anachibi is still 4.5 million and will likely play during that time. Whether he scores or not is debatable. Bournemouth, King is still looking on fire for then, and, and we're seeing the rise of a phobia as a cheap third striker as well. West Brom versus Leicester. If you've got a cheap West Brom defender, it may be worth holding on to. For Leicester, Vardy really is the standout for them. Mares, the Iceman, has a little theory that he's going to be back on form towards the end of the season as we approach that summer transfer window. 
Palace versus Burnley. Any Palace players you've put in might be a good shout for this one. So Hennessy particularly, uh, Townsend, Benteke. Just be cautioned though, Sacco is now injured. Waited to hear the outcome of that, but it does look like ligament damage. United versus Swansea. Really, we're recording this the night before the Manchester derby, so we're going to wait to see what happens there. United have got some difficult fixtures, but we think United defenders might be a fairly safe bet here, especially someone like Bailly. Then we move on to Everton versus Chelsea. Huge top-of-the-table clash. Uh, Lukaku, still the man to keep, we think, for this one. Could do it against his old club at home. Hazard, the man in form in the league, you could argue, and also Costa's ceiling could be rising. And it's a very, very nice run of games towards the end of the season. Borough versus City. Aguero, if you've got him, could be captain material for this week. Sane continues to show form. If you trust in Vincent Company's fitness, he might be one who will stay wedged in that back four until the end of the season, but he could literally break down at any point. The North London derby, Spurs versus Arsenal. Well, Pete has very depressingly just told us that if Spurs beat Arsenal this weekend, that uh, that's it for the Gunners. They cannot finish above Tottenham. So, all the pressure is on. The Gunner, that is Harry Kane, looks a good shout. The question is whether you want to back Sanchez after his theatrics, still playing up front. Might be good for the double game weeks. Um, a, a big decision to make there Ozil might be a good alternative and finally Watford versus Liverpool Coutinho looks in great form they don't have a double game week but you could argue he may outscore people anyway and uh, the Iceman shouted Kapu if you want a cheap 4.5 million pound midfielder for your double game week nice sum up lovely speaking of summing up chaps we need a captain for this game week so Peter as the guest coming to you first who do you like for captain material I think if you've Got them, uh, Aguero and Coutinho are very good options uh, away at Middlesbrough and Watford, respectively. I'm always a little bit hesitant about captaining players who are playing away from home, though, so yeah. just maybe keep that in mind. I think somebody mentioned earlier uh, Harry Kane against Arsenal. I think that's probably where my captaincy is going to go, if I'm honest. I know Kane, he does enjoy playing against Arsenal, and yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think that'd be a really good game to be honest with you I'm, re- I'm yeah. definitely going to try and make an effort to, to tune in and watch that one I think I can quite conceive, I can quite easily see Kane getting a goal there the other one of course is Lukaku at home to Chelsea I, d- I don't know maybe it's just the history there but you always feel like Lukaku wants to prove something against Chelsea and given the form he's in I think he's got a very good a very good chance of, uh, of doing something in that game So, but I'll probably favour Harry Kane for my own team if I had a choice of anyone though I'd probably end up going with Guerrero OK Iceman yeah, mine's on Aguero at the moment against Middlesbrough uh, away, but I do have other options. I don't know, maybe if you're taking a really wild out the card punt, Origi away to Watford. Uh, I am bringing in Gabardini, who's going to be at, Hull, at home to Hull, so he is another potential. He'll probably be my vice captain, but at the moment, Aguero, yeah, staying on him. No, nobody fancy uh, a, a perhaps on form on fire Lukaku against the Chelsea side that are conceding and his old club he, he blanked in the last game so okay I'm, no. I'm, cons- I'm considering it though might, might, might well be a vice captain for me could be, could be a good option I, I'm a little bit divided so I'm between Lukaku Aguero and my punts would be Christian Benteke um, he's home against Burnley uh, I think there's potential for him to get a few goals there. If I'm being honest, I'm probably going to bottle all of those differential ideas and just go for, for captaining Kun as the safe option. So I'm going to say Kun for now, but I, I will warn you that may change come game day if I get a rush of blood to the head. Speaking of which, Iceman, social media. Yeah, again, uh, another load of questions we got in this week. We got one from Kuda Godfrey. Actually, a question, guys. So, 
I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the remaining chips. I've still got Triple Captain, Bench Boost and Wildcard, but running out of time. I also have one from uh, Captain Kingpin, which is Simon Garner. He's put, for those wildcarding before Game Week 35 to Triple ca- Captain in Game Week 36, who would you recommend Triple Captain? And so kind of two questions there. Which one would you put the order in and who would you Triple Captain? Pete, going to you first. Right, um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I think Game Week 37 definitely has the most amount of fixtures, so in theory you've got a, a, a broader range for, for bench boost. Of course, the tricky thing with a bench boost is that the only really value, the only real value you're going to get out of it is your 12th to 15th man men in your squad, and those are inevitably the cheap players. So if you're looking at cheap players there who have got double game weeks, you look at, you know, we've already slated a load of them this evening, you're looking at the likes of West Brom, Watford, Leicester, have all got really terrible fixtures so if you can engineer a situation where you've got 15 or yeah 14 to 15 decent double game week players who you can bench boost in 37 by all means go ahead and, and do so if you can't it's probably worth exploring other options around you know, game week 36 as well i'd steer clear of game week 38 it's, it's usually a bit of a lottery yeah managers go and just try new things Spurs lose five one to Newcastle. Weird stuff like that kind of yeah happens. You could benefit so if you look from that though, couldn't you? If uh, you know Spurs lose to like a random team five one, and that in that random you, team someone gets three goals, like you never know. You, you could you could do, but good luck predicting who they're going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, yeah. I think while teams have got stuff to play for, you can kind of predict who the best players are going to be, uh, or at least have a stab at predicting who they're going to be. Triple captain. Somebody mentioned earlier, I think um, Hazard against Middlesbrough in game week thirty six. It's not a double game week one. Realistically, 36 double game week. Sanchez is playing Man United and Southampton, so he's got two games there. But yeah, Hazard against uh, up against Middlesbrough, especially if that's a point where you know, they are still fighting for the title and it's potential for them to win that title. If it's at Stamford Bridge, if Spurs drop points elsewhere, that that could be a really good option. And even Costa as well, potentially. I mean, this, yeah, you're talking about his ceiling rising. Yeah, if he goes and gets two goals in that one, you could fancy them as well. But it's a bit. It's a you know, triple captain is a tricky one because if you feel like it, you feel like it is really, really important decision beyond above and beyond a normal captaincy decision, uh, and everybody really wants to get that that double game week where somebody goes and scores twenty five points. But in reality, those events are so rare. You should really just be happy with a goal because effectively that's like getting a hat trick for you know just one goal. And that's, be grateful for what you've got, I suppose, in that case. Yeah. I look at it as in last year, I think I got more points from my triple captain than I did my bench boost. So I think if you still got your triple captain, I think a player like Hazard for that double game week 37 is probably a good one to go for. It just depends if you're going to benefit much from your, your bench boost from the other game weeks. I mean, uh, it's only Arsenal and Southampton in game week 36, so I don't see that many points. Maybe put it on Sanchez. If you were to look at this about seven game weeks ago, you'd probably be like, right, I'm bench boosting in 37 and I'm going to triple captain in 36, put it on Sanchez. But now with the form of Sanchez, he's not scoring every game now yeah you're kind of thinking maybe maybe I should change that if if I had it I think I would actually go for the triple captain in, in game week 37 put it on the likes of Hazard because he's got something to play for he's just scoring every game I would go for him and try and use the bench boost uh, either in 38 or 36 Billy what would you do well I'm just looking at some of the fixtures um 
Yeah, triple captain. I think without a doubt, bench boost has got to be game week thirty-seven. I'd be, that would be more appealing, of course, if you do have your wild card and you guarantee fifteen, fourteen players. I'd really do like Kane against against West Ham for that triple captaincy in game week thirty-six. Given where West Ham are in the league, how well they're playing at the moment, the Spurs are chasing the title. I think that could be a real. Um, a real potential there so yeah that's that's probably the order or if you've got Sanchez for everything we've just said I probably would go with him for game week 36 triple captaincy one one thing one thing I say actually I'm, I'm looking at this now and this is a very half formed thought so you know forgive me if it sounds uh, ridiculous but I'm looking at the game week 36 fixtures and the point I made about bench boost and you've got to get value out of players 12 to 15 in your squad because those are the incremental gains you're going to be getting you need cheap players within those positions who are going to be scoring good points and the double game week players in game week 37 are not necessarily very good as i've already mentioned in game week 36 you've got burnley against west brom you've got hull against sunderland you've got bournemouth against stoke there's an awful lot of sort of 4.5 million mid defenders in there who really could be on for a clean sheet. Those look like they could be low-scoring games, potentially. So, yeah, you could go for a bench boost in game week 37 and then be left with some Watford player who's going to play twice against a really good team and pick up three points for you. Or if you went in game week 36, you could have a West Brom defender for the same price who are playing, at home, playing away at Burnley and could easily come away with a clean sheet. So it, it's a risk-reward kind of thing. It really depends you know, what your approach to it is. I think that's a, a good rationale there, uh, Peter. I think that's a good argument, actually. If I still had it, I think I would kind of do that. In some cases, sometimes I just want to be different, but sometimes you do need to follow the herd, so... I don't know, catch 22 really. Um, we had another question from Fancy Football Pundits at FF Pundits. He has put, My wife has booked our family holiday and we fly out at 3.10pm on the final day of the Premier League season. What do I do? I think now's a good time to lose your passport. <laughs> That's a great shout for you. Down, down the back of a sofa. Yeah, no, 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 nobody's fault. But, probably, you know. But the thing is, they're still probably going to go. Happen. They're still probably going to go to the airport and uh, then realise that they haven't got their passport. So he's still probably going to miss those games. Although he might be able to be in England to actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no. yeah, the, the airport bar will probably have Sky Sports news on as well. So you'll probably be all right. Great shout from Peter Blake there, Billy. Have you got any any comments to add to that one? Uh, just divorce. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay glad that's sorted okay we had another question from Intercab Ahmed I hope I'm saying his name right he put my name is Intercab Ahmed hope you pronounce it easily <laughs> could could you please tell me the best combination of forwards for the remaining game weeks and we also have one from Alex Ball at Alex Waterbaby which players are keepers for the rest of the season both double game week and single game week players so Bully I'll come to you first on this one I've just been thinking about what my dream lineup would be for the running. And at the moment, if I, if, when I wildcard, I would love to create a situation where I've got Costa, Cunaguero, and Kane up front. So if I look at their fixtures on the running, what they've got left to play for, that would be my absolute ideal three. Obviously, I'd be, I'd be, you know, ciphering money out of the uh, the defence in the midfield to do it. But if I can, that will be my my final three. I think if I could have any three strikers in the game i've got kane i think i'm i'm keeping faith with lukaku i think uh, i i'm i've got him in and i'm I'm happy he's there the other striker yeah i'd probably go with costa as well actually i think yeah money money was no object 
yeah. think uh, key, I, I think keepers for the season I probably have Hazard and then now I'm in a position where I'm thinking do I want to double up on Hazard and Costa but of course it's complete nonsense because I haven't got that kind of budget so whatever <laughs> let's move on <laughs> I don't know I mean I, uh, my combination I would, I would love Kane Costa and probably Gabbiadini going to, towards the end of the season not saying that Gabbiadini is the best pick here uh, and whether you should go for him just on the fact of he's a little bit cheaper and he's probably the best budget forward to go for and for the keepers for the rest of the season yeah I would probably say it's uh, I, I would say Ali's probably in there as well Ali Hazard I don't think there's anyone at the back who's going to be a definite keeper which you, you want to keep to the rest of the season or you need to keep to the rest of the season King is scoring every game I would say he's probably one of these single game week players with good fixtures in form that probably could be a keeper to the rest of the season so I would say like, the likes of these are probably good ones to go for I'd add Coutinho into that mix as well and maybe Coutinho who's not got a double game uh, right so um FBL Hortz has uh, got another question for us. Uh, seeing as so much rotation around double game weeks, who are the best elite players who are locked in for the final weeks? Oh, I think we've just answered that one as well. Yeah. Uh, we had FBL Intellect go for uh, to go for Vardy or Costa for Lukaku in your game week 26 wildcard. Which one would you choose out of Vardy or Costa? I think I would go Costa overall. Peter, what do you reckon? I think... Personally, I'd keep Lukaku, but uh, if you're going, if you're determined to get rid of him, and you're looking at Costa versus Vardy, yeah, Costa, I'd say. And Bully, um, I've got, I'm saying Costa. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, unanimous there. Uh, we've got a couple of quick ones here, which I'm just going to quickly go through. So we've got Soul at Soul Bounce Soccer. <laughs> nice. Do I, <laughs> do I swap Siggy for Sanchez? Also have Zaha, Eriksen, Ali and Schneiderland. Wow, players have got Schneiderland. Or Rashford for Gavardini. So which one do you think he should go for for this week? Swapping C to Sanchez or Rashford for Gavardini? So you're going from Rashford to Gavardini? Yeah. I'd go it's probably Sigurdsson to Sanchez. I suppose it depends if he's got a wild card or not, really, doesn't it? I mean, if he's got a wild card, yeah. then I, I would go for the Gavardini option, and then bring in Sanchez if you if you want to next week. But if you haven't, then I think Sanchez, you know, with the more fixtures, I still think there's so much hope to come from him. Um, he's going to be, like you said, he's playing every game. He does get opportunities each game to score, so I'll probably go for him to the end of the season. Bully? Just looking at the potential, so if he sticks with Rashford, he's home against Swansea, and I think he'll get game time there. Sanchez, big game player, has been known to do it against Tottenham, so I would actually probably go with... It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, see, I think San- Sanchez has more potential in him against Tottenham than Siggy does against Man United, so I'm going to say I, I would end up with a Rashford up front and Sanchez in midfield. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Does. In a uh, roundabout way. In a roundabout way, yeah. So, uh, last one. So, we had uh, Berbercat at Lux underscore Big Cat. Uh, he's put, I had Stones KO'd last week while Olsen and Davis didn't play at the weekend. I have no defenders. Help. Bailey and Yoshida played. Naught in the bank. How can we help this guy? <laughs> he needs money. He needs players. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> 
I think you want to remove the likes of Stones for probably a more nailed double game week player, maybe even the likes of a West Brom player like Evans. I, I think Stones, Stones will still get game time between now and the end of the season, I think. And they've got some decent fixtures. So when he comes in, there's likely yeah, there's a good potential he'll, keep, he'll get a clean sheet there. So I was just going to say, I'm just looking at the double game week because I don't think we focus that much on defenders over that period of time. I guess it depends on how much money that they've got and who they're going to be transferring out they sound like quite cheap defenders don't they that we're talking about there yeah it's just that john Davis is a tricky one as well if if just a couple of ideas here they're a little bit left field but if arsenal commit to this three at the back gabriel provides a cheap option who wenger seems to like in that three and i think he'll get game time the only other thing you could do is go over cheaper saints defender when they're against middlesbrough uh, and man united as well yeah both uh, yeah well, there are a few yeah, there are a few options, but these these cheaper ones are kind of pl- cheap players with not great fixtures or uh, players which are probably more likely to get rotated. Because I can I can still see Gabriel being benched for one or two games going towards the end of the season. But it looks do think, like. Do you think honestly, as it, looking at our team at the moment, do you think it's likely that the, the likes of Holding will start or Monreal will start in front of him? Well, we've also got Mustafi coming back, so you've got to think about that as well see i think he's as a natural central defender he would wenger if he's going to build this three at the back and we know he hates spending money on defenders i think he'd want to gel that for the future those three it's just just my just my thoughts so from a, from a defensive perspective yeah, no, it's true but like you look at holding being uh dropped tonight he he was looking really good the last few games it's not to say that he needs a rest he hasn't played for ages so who knows what Wenger's going to do? Like, yeah, we didn't think he was going to change his system, but after 20 no. years, he has. So, I'll give this listener some solid answers. I, I'm going to suggest that Bay would be a good shout. I think with United's double game week fixtures, they've got final game of the season against Crystal Palace as well. I just think there's going to be some rotation there, but we won't go into it again. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, that's the end of Twitter. Thanks for all your questions, guys. We really appreciate it. Keep them coming uh, for next week. Excellent. Well, thanks for that, Ice Man. That brings us. To the end of another fancy football surgery podcast we've only got uh, we've only got four game weeks left this has really crept up on us so let's make the most of them for these next few weeks we've got some more great guests coming on uh, to speak with us and we're hoping to do a bit of a joint pod towards the end of the season just to, to plug one thing personally that i'm involved with at the moment i would love to be watching the north london derby this weekend but i'm actually going to be playing in a charity football match for mm-hmm. the journalist cancer trust uh, you can look them up on facebook if you're interested but essentially the game is possibly going to be streamed live on facebook so if you want to see me make a fool of myself trying to play 11 aside football in an actual game on twitter we will post up the link and you can tune in and uh, see what happens when i try to play uh, the football oh, oh definitely be watching that bully unfortunately i can't come oh i thought i thought you were coming <laughs> no I, I don't actually i don't actually yeah. like you okay uh, well it's for a fantastic cause anyway no, it really is for a great cause and it's uh, we're going to be doing the isle of Wight nhs versus the isle of Wight police so it should be a very interesting matchup the hype has been building um but for for that purpose, I'm going to need the Iceman to be texting me the uh, the Arsenal score at half-time. Although I could probably just look on the internet on my phone because they're that advanced now. That's my little plug. Speaking of plugs, if you would like to learn more about the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, you can go onto our website, www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can follow us on Facebook forward slash Fancy Football Surgery. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, give us a comment, some feedback. If you like us, if you hate us, tell us what you want us to change or 
Tell us what you love. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Many of you are already doing that. We thank you for that. You can also follow us on Reddit for when we upload. Please up the pod on there. Hashtag up the pod. Right and up. please also, yeah, get right up the pod. In terms of our email address, so the Iceman likes little love letters on there. So FF Surgery Podcast at yahoo.com and finally join in the mini league which i've no idea what the numbers are now but there's bloody loads of you one seven six zero three hyphen six seven one eight we want to thank our guest for today peter blake another great job he's done joining us for the pod thank you peter and thanks for having me it's been yeah. a pleasure Cheers, Pete. If, if, if people are tired of me and the Iceman and would like to get some sensible advice from yourself where will they find you on twitter uh, I am on Twitter at uh, Artemidurus underscore one. It's not the easiest to, to smell, spell necessarily. So, um, <laughs> if I'm you can't sure find you'll, that, I'll, I'll link it, don't worry. I'm we'll, sure we'll you'll have a link, yeah. Is there anything else you want to shout at this point? Um, no, I, I um, do a blog called uh, Mathematically Safe. You're welcome to go there and look at some content that's probably about three months sold by now but uh, uh i haven't done anything recently but i've got a few uh, few things planned for the summer um after the season's over so uh welcome to check in there this is a man that knows his numbers well thank you for joining us again peter much appreciated i'm sure we'll be looking forward to having you on again before too long thanks ice man any final words of wisdom up the podcast thanks ice man and once again from me good luck in your game weeks up the pod funky music that we found online for free <laughs> <laughs> when you look at touches in the opposition box so he's getting right up there getting right up there right up right up right up there when you look at touches in the opposition box so he's getting right up there they are right up there for attempts on goal they are right up there just looking at the way he played on saturday he was right up there with rashford he was right up there with Rashford. Other the podcast. <laughs>